0: What was the bug that finally got him, you think?
1: <laughs> we should let that be our intro, because everyone needs to know that we just did 10 seconds of silence for Schmidt. Jeff, who's Schmidt?
2: Schmidt's the pain index guy. Yeah, hold on.
1: I want to take my <laughs> bug joke in
3: <admits. laughs>
0: Take my pants off real
1: quick. Yeah, Mike. What? Mike, we're rolling, dude. Oh, whoops. You <laughs> it just gets actually... really hot when I record. <laughs> I don't know why. You guys get warm? <laughs> yeah, Sometimes. Schmidt was the pain index guy from our, I
2: already said that.
1: I know from Jeff's episode where we talked about what did we talk about about him, right? The
2: king is thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, he, we
2: talked more coyote Peterson, Jackson, Wildlife.
1: Guess what? And we're gonna, it's
2: like a three-way.
1: We're talking about them today some more, <laughs> by the way. The three three pillars. I of. like Schmidt, because Schmidt's the guy that started the pain index and so like was Schmidt. kind of the, like most the most scientific about yeah. it. But Schmidt died. So RIP... To yeah. a real legend in the sting world now coyotes and on
2: top no this is a this is tooth and claw podcast that's us i'm jeff we got wes and mike wes is a wildlife biologist he's a the number one podcaster in the world um i'm jeff that's you dude <laughs> and that's mike i'm jeff i played I played number three singles high school tennis, varsity tennis. Nice, dude. And we got Mike.
1: Who's wearing Mike. a Kirby hat.
2: Yeah, Mike can play <laughs> every character of Smash Bros. I Mike's become the us. real...
1: You become the clear favorite in Smash Bros. among us, I feel like. Mm. I feel like you can beat us pretty handily these days. Yeah. I don't know how... I miss missed the cube days when we were all pretty evenly matched. Oh, uh, so great. Yeah.
0: But Jeff's real bona fides, I would say you're more of a Rocket Leaguer than a tennis player Ooh, these days. Oh, that's true. You're good He's at Rocket good. League. He's good. He's like top one percentile, I would
2: say.
1: We it's got real into Fall Guys for a while, too. I, I played that in, in a long time. Yeah.
2: Well- yeah Yeah, thanks for the intro we're gamers (laughs) this is a gaming (laughs) podcast (laughs) where we talk about poop Uh, and gaming and and all sorts oh
1: speaking of poop can i (laughs) can i get i i was gonna save my poop story for this episode because i was gonna do this episode later in the year but this is the episode that i think i need to talk about it because it involves a fear of spiders and we're talking about spiders today spoiler alert but Jeff's got some stuff to get to first, and then I'll. Do I, it. Just
2: wanna, I just want to. I just want to ask because I flew this last week. I want to ask like, when you guys are checking your bags, do you always think like, well, if there's a bomb in my bag?
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> I've never once thought that.
2: <laughs> I, when my bags going through the scanner, I always just think like worst case scenario for everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, what well, if my Uber driver put a bomb in my bag? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i
1: never once thought that you never if wonder if there's no. just a somehow no. a bomb in your bag i i wonder if there's other things in there that could get me in trouble but i never think about a bomb. jeremy
2: he's a listener who drives uber i guarantee you he's put a bomb in someone's bag. <laughs> I'll, <laughs>
0: I'll take
2: that bet yeah i doubt it <laughs> <laughs> no i really like like i won't have like, like drugs? any type of drugs but then i'll be like are there drugs in my bag And it's like, no, like, I don't even have any at home. I think that's worry about that?
1: I don't know. That seems a little bit more reasonable to me because, like, I feel like drug runners sometimes will (laughs) slip stuff into people's bags and then tell people on the other side what the person looks like. (laughs) But, yeah, like, a bomb's hard to get through security or anything like
2: that. You don't think terrorists just sneak bombs into people's bags? I don't think so.
1: But that's why they always make sure you keep an eye on your luggage and stuff.
2: When you get arrested for a bomb in your bag, I'm going to be the only one who believes you. And yeah. you say you didn't put it there. <laughs>
1: I love how, like, the story I've been waiting to tell for weeks, like, you had to ask us that question beforehand. <laughs> but it is yeah. a good thought. It, I have thought about that before. But it's because, with me, it's always been drugs. And it's because I used to watch this show called Locked Up Abroad. Where they like ran through all these scenarios of people they get locked up for like moving drugs, and there were a couple people that had like drugs like snuck into their stuff and they didn't realize they were carrying them. And so I do mm. think about that, and I do yeah, I understand I think it's that just feeling.
2: Like when it's going through the scanner, you're just like waiting there, so it's like yeah. your mind goes to like what's the worst possible outcome right now. Yeah,
0: yeah. I do remember when we were driving up, me, you, and Brent Jeff when we were driving up to Alaska that one time. And border control stopped us for like five hours and they didn't really
2: look through our phones,
0: everything. And like they questioned us on everything and they brought me into their stupid little office and they were like flipping through my book of CDs and the guy was like, still listen to CDs, huh? I was like, (laughs) that's not crazy to have some some terrible luck
1: at border patrols it it was but
0: seriously like it took him so long i started getting nervous i was like is there any possible way that there is something in one of our stuff that?" i was
2: gonna gonna rat you out just for like (laughs) anything they suggested
1: we had a (laughs) dog bark at our car at a border patrol in texas once and i thought one of the guys was gonna shoot jeff because jeff (laughs) kept putting his hands in his pockets (laughs) oh the guy wanted to too (laughs) Uh, well, all thanks
2: right. for letting me talk about yeah, airplanes. Yeah, yeah, of course. I'm uh, sorry, I wasn't trying to get on your case. You can talk about your poop now.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and well,
1: we okay, so we alluded to this on a on a subscriber episode, and then recently I alluded to it again, and then I was like, no, I'm going to save this for when I do another spider episode, and then today, I as I was preparing the episode, I was like, you know what, I really want to do a spider episode for a while. And it made me rethink of this story. And it's probably the second most embarrassing story of my entire lifetime. Uh, Jeff, you missed the cut on this little practice. You were alive, but you never were old enough to do it. But I want to yeah, tell the story. i sure I
2: would have been in on yeah. anyways, <laughs> regardless, but keep going.
1: Anyway, when I was a kid, I was probably like five or six My mom was out of town, and when my mom would go out of town, my dad would always rent movies that she would normally wouldn't watch or whatever. And usually me and my older brother at least got to watch them too. And this particular time, he rented the movie Arachnophobia, which for that age, uh, I was too young for it, and it scared the shit out of me. It was really—oh, I shouldn't say it scared the shit out of me. It's actually the opposite. It was really, (laughs) really, really scary. And there's this part where a spider crawls under a toilet seat, And for whatever reason, that was like the scene that just got lodged in my brain. And so for a while, I like wouldn't sit on a toilet seat and I would just hover. And then that progressed to just not going poop. I just never would do it. And what I would do instead is I would sit on my heel, like I would get in this crouch position and sit on my heel until the urge would pass. And my older brother started doing this too, and we called it sitting. And we would literally, (laughs) we'd literally go into the bathroom and like sit rather than poop. And my parents would be like, are you pooping? Because they knew that we were doing this. And we'd be like, "Uh uh-huh. And we'd just be like sitting on our heels and I'd be like on the playground or whatever, like running around. And then suddenly I would just like have to stop and sit on my heel for like 20 to 30 seconds and then get up and go. And I knew it was weird, and my friends would always be like, what are you doing? And I'd be like, oh, nothing. I just got tired or something. <laughs> and like, I would do it like <laughs> 10 times as we were playing. And we literally would go weeks without taking it's a shit. Unreal. Did it
2: like hurt your
1: body? Yeah, it felt... I would get weird cramps, and I just... It felt really weird, but it kind of felt good too. I'm not going to Do you kind of
2: want to try it again?
1: I don't. I don't think I could do it anymore. So anyway, I would like... I would just be running all around the playground. I'd be stopping and sitting. We'd go weeks. It did like kind of feel weird. It kind of hurt, but it also felt kind of good to like push those like (laughs) poops back up into your butt. Yeah. We don't need to explore that much further. Yeah. Anyway, then when you finally would take a dump, it would just be the most painful, worst constipation you can imagine. And I never, (laughs) it's made me like hate taking a shit because like it would hurt. And I never felt satisfied. And so finally, this all ended. It came to a kind of an end because one day my older brother went poop and he couldn't flush this like monster (laughs) rock hard poop that came out. And my dad went in and looked and saw that it was the size of like a big eggplant and like rock (laughs) hard. And he was like, something that big shouldn't be able to come out of my seven year old son's body. (laughs) And he was like, we need to go to the hospital. And Cyrus was like, I know what this is, and it won't happen again. (laughs) Anyway, so slowly I weaned myself off of it. But it never occurred to you, a crack
2: addict, just slowly weaning off. Did you ever think
0: maybe just to use a bush or something?
1: No, it it just, it snowballed. Like, it started with the fear of spiders, and then it just, like, turned into how I did things. Like, I just stopped. Like okay. I liked like, it. You started liking a, it too much. He's yeah. a scientist at heart, Mike.
0: Yeah, so That's he true. Just, <laughs> he's just creating like the mad scientist you know, experiments testing within his own body. <laughs> On himself, yeah. Between
1: eating bugs <laughs> and not pooping.
2: Like you guys oh, know a lot dude. about my weird ass childhood. Your
0: dumps were like ninety percent bugs to probably, yeah.
1: right? I uh, was probably
2: just crawling around in there forever <laughs> until it <he> pooped finally. <laughs>
1: I'd eat spiders but I wouldn't sit on a toilet that maybe had one in it. Yeah. All right. Anyway. That makes sense. So we are we are talking about a creepy crawly today. It's been a while since we've done a creepy crawly episode. I'm really excited. I they're like the ones that when we research, I find out the most new facts, the most things that I find really interesting because I'm I work with mammals and I feel like I have a general idea of what mammals do, but when you get into these little arthropods and stuff, it it gets real interesting for me. So if I were to ask you guys, of all the spiders in the U.S., which one do you think is the most dangerous? Yeah, Black Widow. Mike, would you say the same thing?
0: I was going to guess Brown Recluse, but I don't know if those are stateside. Are they?
1: Uh, They are, yes. Black Widow Jeff is the answer I was looking for. They're Um, the ones that are Jeff is? (laughs) No, Black Widow Jeff, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> they're the ones that are infamous for being dangerous they're the ones that are you know when you talk about a dangerous spider i think that's what pops into most people's heads brown recluse is more kind of i think the thinking man's dangerous spider but mm. but black widow since you're a kid you learn about I'd black take Widows. that personally <laughs> okay i'm not <laughs> but you were right that. you know what a brown recluse is too i wasn't saying that as a personal attack you were the, That was the answer I was looking for, Jeff.
0: You got it right. How about Brown Recluse is like the pseudo-intellectual pick? Someone trying to show off that they know. Yeah, that's kind of I what do. it they is. Don't, do. They don't really. Right.
1: So there's a lot of misinformation about Black Widows. There's a lot of stuff out there that's wrong. Some of the even like quote-unquote trusted resources that I found had things that I learned were wrong. And I think there's a lot of fear mongering too out there about black widows, and we're going to dispel some of those myths in this episode. Which again is my favorite kind of episode, where we have a misunderstood animal that we get to help people feel a little bit more comfortable around. Um, what
2: animals aren't misunderstood?
1: Uh, that's a good. That's a good question. Um, like
2: <laughs> they're all your favorite episodes.
1: Panda bears, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. They are all kind of my favorite episodes, but I do really like this one.
2: Sorry, all I take right. some wind out of you. No, no, <laughs> it's all right.
1: I like. I deserved it, Jeff. All right, so I didn't really find a great big story that had a really good you were narrative on, on that it. Show. I was on great big story. I knew you were going to say that as <laughs> soon as that came out find of my it? mouth. You
2: were the star.
1: Uh, I couldn't find a really great story with a long narrative, but I did find some smaller ones that were really good with some really interesting facts. And uh, you guys know me and fun facts. I love a good fun fact. Um, yep. But we are going to start with the story. So, this story features a guy named Jackson Landers. Either you, either you guys know this guy?
2: Nah, I know. No. I've been following Jackson Mahomes on um, TikTok. Okay. He's a big TikToker. He got some fire content after the Super Bowl.
1: Who's Jackson Mahomes?
2: Patrick Mahomes, little brother.
1: Oh, okay. Cool. Jackson Landers? Jackson Landers
0: is this Sounds kind of like a a discount Flash Gordon or something. It kind
1: of does. It's a good name. It reminds me of when Homer changed his name to Max Powers. Uh, (laughs) All right. So Jackson Landers, he's a professional outdoorsman. He's written multiple books on living on wild game. He even spent a year and a half exclusively living on invasive species that he hunted, which I think is a really cool idea. He teaches outdoorsy workshops around the country, And he's a frequent contributor to the New York Times, which is actually where I found his story. So Jackson was at his home in Abermarl County, Virginia, when he saw his first resident black widow spider in a web on his porch. And he's really fascinated by the spider. He sees that it has this really intricate little web. It's got these beautiful markings. And he thinks it's a really neat animal. But he also knows that his kids play on that porch. And so he quickly dispatches the spider, gets rid of it. This leads him to then search around his property. And he looks for more black widows. And he learns that his house is somewhat of a haven for black widows. He finds a lot of them. And he says there was days where he was killing like a dozen black widows daily. So, he had a lot of Black Widows on his property. Uh, Again, he still has a fond kind of appreciation for the spiders, but he is killing them because he doesn't want his kids to get bit or to have any problems with them. He even has this frozen Black Widow female that he finds in the winter that he puts in a jar and he's feeding it moths and other insects. And he he gets really fascinated watching it in this jar and feels like he learned a lot about the spiders while it's in this jar. So, Hmm. cut to spring 2013.
2: Spider eats, likes to eat flies. Yeah,
1: it sure likes (laughs) bugs, has a little notepad. Uh, So it's a warm spring day in 2013. In Jackson, Ever the Outdoorsman decides to head to a local fishing hole to catch some fish for dinner. Fishing was a really common activity for him. He went frequently enough that he would just leave a lot of his gear on his porch and it would just kind of be waiting there ready to go whenever he got the urge. And that gear included some aqua socks. And aqua socks are like, if you've never worn them before, they're kind of like neoprene booties that have a harder bottom that you can wear in the water. They don't necessarily protect you from the water, but you can walk on stuff and whatnot in the water with them. And he would just leave these aqua socks on his porch because they're really accessible. But what do we know about this dude's porch?
2: Black widows.
1: Black widows. (laughs) Yep, they sure like that porch. And one little female black widow, those aqua socks had been sitting there long enough for her to find them. Scurry inside, build a tiny web deep in the recesses of those shoes. What do you know about spiders? Uh, they like dark little holes. There we go. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> All you right. <laughs> in her guess, like this spider's estimation, this dark little hole was a perfect place to make her new home and to wait for prey. And that prey could include everything from little tiny flying insects up to small reptiles and little tiny mammals. And for Where larger does he prey. Live again? He lives in Virginia. Abermorrow. No, you're good. They don't
2: have squatters rights there for spiders. Uh,
1: I don't think the spider owns his shoes now, but maybe. (laughs) Uh, Technically, you probably should have let her just have them. Prey could include all these different things, and for larger prey, she would need her secret weapon, which is a potent neurotoxic venom that would quickly attack the synaptic nerves of the animal that was unlucky enough to wander into her sticky clutches. That venom would cause a quick death, and it would give her next meal that she would lather in these digestive juices and then slurp down that slurry of whatever melts after she sprays it with her juices. Mm. Appetizing. So,
2: what, a, what a way to say that. Yeah. That's
1: yeah. good alliteration. Made me want to
0: be a spider. And just yeah, it's cool. Spiders Shout are cool. We're going to get into
1: some cool stuff about them.
0: When you said slurry, did you mean slurpee?
1: No, Mike, I meant slurry. But a Slurpee does sound great right I want to Slurpee, too. A little insect Slurpee that's just all melted insects? That sounds great to me. Um, <laughs> might help me with my constipation, too. Uh, anyway, that same venom that's useful for subduing prey could also be a really critical defense tool, and when that little black widow was presented with a larger threat, she would be able to use that venom to defend herself. Can
2: you say widow, Black Widow for now?
1: widow, Black Widow? <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Uh, if that comes up again, I will say it that way, but surely the spider is going to be safe in her new home, right? Surely. So Jackson leaves his house. He grabs his fishing tackle. He picks up his aqua shoes from the porch and he throws everything in his car and drives the eight miles to his fishing hole. When he parks his car, he puts his aqua shoes on quickly, pushing his feet into what would recently become the home of this tiny invader. Jackson takes about a dozen steps towards the water when he feels a stinging sensation on the second toe of his left foot. To him, it felt like maybe there's a thorn in there or possibly a bee had been in his shoe. So he stops walking and he takes off his shoe to investigate. And that's kind of like, for me at least, whenever I put on a shoe and I feel something kind of poke me, like if there's like some hay or something in my shoe... My mind immediately goes to, oh, I hope there wasn't a spider in my shoe. Like, <laughs> that's too. kind of like a fear for me. You feel that yeah. way too, Jeff?
2: Yeah. I watched like huh. some video of a lady who put her foot in a shoe and got bit by a black widow mm-hmm. and um, a widow back widow. <laughs> right. <laughs> and she like said it felt like a rock or like it didn't even hurt that bad. And it yeah. just kept biting her. Oh, yeah. geez. Yeah.
1: The, initial, the initial bite from all the different encounters that I read, the bite doesn't feel like much. It just kind of feels like you have something poke you. It's later that it gets really bad. So yeah. he pulls off his shoe and he sees the smeared remains of a black widow on the insole. He knows that he's been bitten by the spider. And then a look at his toe confirms that he had been bitten because he had the two small pinprick bite marks. So he sits down on a rock and he's wondering what to do. He's thinking, okay, he knows quite a bit about Black Widows at this point. He thinks maybe it was just a dry bite or they didn't really inject much venom and I can just keep fishing and it's not going to be a problem. Or sounds maybe like it's, grandpa. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. grandpa when it's he got hit by a rattlesnake. <laughs> uh, or he's like, maybe it was worse, you know? But he just decides he's going to fish and roll the dice and see what happens. So he, w- he wades into the water. He starts fishing. And three catfish later, he becomes acutely aware that his bite was not going to be one of the harmless ones. There's a warmth in his abdomen, and that warmth turns to an uncomfortable pressure and then a really painful cramp. And he knows that he hadn't lucked out with a dry bite and that he needs medical attention. So he gets in his car and he drives himself to the University of Virginia Medical Center, where he really becomes somewhat of a celebrity among these doctors because they're all bored from like just normal day-to-day routine shit, and then they suddenly have a black widow bite. And it's also like a lot of students,
0: so they're all peeking in. And when they asked him when it happened, he said, ah, three catfish ago,
1: three or four catfish (laughs) ago. That's his entire life. That's how he measures time, by catfish. (laughs) By the evening, the symptoms have progressed to his chest. He's experiencing pulses of pain from his abdomen and these waves of muscle spasms. And most worryingly to him was that the pain was intensifying and creeping closer and closer to his chest and his heart. One excerpt from this article that he wrote was really funny to me. I guess at one point, a resident at the hospital peeked in to check on him and said, not looking too good, are we? And he responded, you should see the other guy, which is a pretty good response if you're in a lot of pain, especially. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, based on the other venomous creatures we've talked about, someone's in a lot of pain. They're in the hospital. They've been envenomated. What do you think the doctors are going to want to do?
0: They're going to suck it out.
1: (laughs) What do you actually I think they're kind of want to do?
2: Foot fetish doctor. In there? <laughs> uh, he just like is
1: adamant that he needs to suck it yes. out. <laughs> um, cut it off. What do you think? Like, okay, yeah, amputate. If this were a snake, anti venom. If this is a snake bite, right, anti venom. So that's what you would guess. And there actually is an existing anti venom for black widows. But the thing is, it's really hard to find. It's not made... Like with snakes, you can make it in larger quantities because you can extract a lot of venom from snakes. It's really hard to extract venom from Black Widow spiders. And then they also make it by essentially just injecting spider venom into a horse and then getting horse blood and extracting the proteins. And there's this really crazy side effect that some people get from Black Widow anti-venom where they develop like a lethal allergy to horse proteins, so, even like contact with a horse could potentially kill them. Oh, um, whoa. Yeah. So, it's not really worth rolling the dice on this Black Widow anti venom unless you're about you're to die. Yeah. Unless you, because <laughs> Mike doesn't care if he can't touch horses. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Mike
2: actually, feels like a good thing for you. You just, yeah. when we're like, oh, Mike, get on a horse, it'll be funny for our listeners. You can be mm-hmm. like, I'll die. I'll literally yeah. die.
1: I think the thing is, like, if you come, if you even like come into contact with things that a horse has touched or whatever, you could potentially die from it. Uh, So it's really, it's debilitating for these people. Can't play horseshoes anymore. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Uh, So he turns down the anti venom. I don't even know if they offer it to him. But what they do offer is they say there's a new experimental type of anti venom that's extracted from sheep and that they're actually doing like a clinical trial of it. And They're wondering if he wants to be part of the trial. So he's either going to get a placebo or this new type. And he's like a very curious person. He likes those kind of um, risks, you know. And he goes for it. He says he wants to try it. He's
2: like, how long can I go without pooping as a kid? That type of person. (laughs) Exactly.
1: (laughs) He loves really pushing his body to the limit. Uh, So he gets it and... They give him an injection. It instantly helps with the pain. It even gives him a really strong sense of euphoria that he equates with recreational drug use. And by the next day, he's feeling great and he's back on his bullshit. Uh, he finds a spider like in his house and he kills it. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> anyway. <What>? Yeah. <laughs> he Whoa. Got his revenge. Yeah.
2: I mean, he'd been doing that before too, though. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's why I said he's back on his bullshit. He's just doing his day-to-day routine again. Is right. he kind of um, like nervous about sheep now, though? I don't think so. I think, as far as I know, this new anti-venom isn't, like, available yet, but they're still probably testing it and running through trials and, and whatnot. It seems somewhat unnecessary to me, and I'm going to go into why in a little bit. But, but he took uh, it. He did take it, and I so think it was more... So he be
2: worried about sheep?
1: Uh th- Yeah, he might be. To be honest, like, okay. they don't really know what the side effects are yet, and he just kind of mm-hmm. wanted to roll the dice and try it. And we are going to talk a little bit more about why anti-venom for a black widow isn't really that necessary in my opinion. So let's do some biology. And this is going to be really an interesting dive into their biology. I think they're endlessly interesting animals. And as I mentioned before, we're going to disprove some myths about black widows. So our North American black widow spiders are part of the genus Latrodectus, which has about 34 species and they're distributed throughout the world every continent aside from Antarctica has a spider from the widow family of spiders mm-hmm. um, in Australia we they're called
2: get them out to Antarctica
1: yeah we gotta ship some down there they'll do really well down there <laughs> uh, in Australia they're called like redback spiders there's a Mediterranean mm-hmm. widow spider in the UK I think they call them um, shoot I forget like brown widow or something their like most that
2: dangerous animal yeah <laughs>
1: it truly is probably their most dangerous animal it's a good point So female black widows, we're talking, so for the rest of this episode, we're mostly going to be talking about our North American black widow, the one that you could potentially have in your house right now in Utah, in other places as well. So female black widow spiders are generally dark brown or dark black in color. They typically have a red or orange hourglass shape marking on their ventral side, their underside of their abdomen. Males are typically significantly smaller than the females, and they're often a light brown
2: color. Do they have Do, the red and orange?
1: They can have like some hourglass markings, but they're typically not brightly colored like the females are. They're like a, a light tan or a brown. Mm. Do you guys know why they're called widow spiders?
2: Yeah. Why? Because after sex they kill their partner and then they're widow. Uh exactly. That's exactly why they're called widow spiders.
0: I feel like that doesn't do, like, widow is maybe too kind a term. Maybe
1: we should, like, label them, I don't know, homicidal. Well, that's actually, we shouldn't label them widow even, because we're going to get into why that's a bit of a misnomer. They're
2: famous for. It's not a bad way to die. It's not. I agree. (laughs) You're going to
1: think that even more in a little bit. Uh, They're famous for sexual cannibalism. But it turns out they are not particularly sexually cannibalistic among spiders. So sexual cannibalism is like a common thing in spiders, and black widows. It's not. It's not like a trait that's particular to them. And our North American black widow spiders, I... it hardly ever happens.
2: Why is it, it really... sexual cannibalism and not just cannibalism?
1: Because it's right after they have sex. With our North American ones, yeah. (laughs) With our North American ones, they really don't do it hardly at all. Usually the male's able to escape with plenty of time. And it really only happens in a laboratory setting where they're like constrained to the same jar or something. Then the female mm. will eat the male. And that's why they got famous for that. And that's why they're called black widow spiders. But they really don't do it at a high level compared to other spiders, at least our North American one. There are but other ones. It. You
2: don't mean sex. You mean,
1: I mean, kills yeah, the eating person. the male. Yeah. yeah. But with brown widow spiders and the Australian redback spiders, it is really frequent but the difference is is that we always kind of assume that the male is, like, trying to escape and the female eats him. In those spiders, the male actually willingly sacrifices himself to the female after sex. And yeah. there's some ideas, like, behind that. Part of the idea is that he can mate with her longer and that he gets to, like, deposit a bigger load of sperm. Um, the other <laughs> Still idea— Still not a fair trade off in my yeah, opinion. There's but. a few
2: people out there that I would make that deal with. <laughs> Yeah, sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: uh, the other, uh, yeah, we'll just let people guess who that might be. Yeah. Uh, the other idea <laughs> is that Sound it, like. it gives. Oh, I guess we're not going to guess. Uh, the other idea is that it gives the female kind of like a really good meal to kick off her pregnancy. Like she is more likely to produce uh, fertile offspring if she is also
2: eating at the same time.
1: Okay. That transitions us really nicely into spider so sex. Kind
2: of, the male too is kind of sacrificing himself to give his offspring himself a, better a better chance of like having offspring.
1: Exactly, which seems kind of it seems counterintuitive because you would think more mating opportunities would be a better option for that. But these aren't very long-lived spiders, and just finding a mate and having sex and like getting through all that whole process, I think for them is a big win and so they're sure, kind of like just like
2: 50 babies or something too right
1: it's
0: hundreds yeah, oh, think, yeah. thinking about it That's more crazy. i think it's a good way to go it's the yeah. right choice because otherwise what are you doing you're just like sitting in the toe of some booty
1: it's like what are you even doing with your life anyway? yeah eating butterflies and shit yeah have sex yeah. and die i've been there it's not great <laughs>
2: When you when you said sitting in the toe of some booty, I was like still Jeff's, like in sex Jeff's mind still mode. Still in horny mode. And I was like, "What's Mike like? Mm. <laughs> How yes. does he have all this lingo?" I don't know. <laughs> all right. Anyway,
1: we brought up sex a little bit with spiders. I want to transition into a more reproductive talk because there's a really interesting kind of courtship display and everything that these spiders do. And you guys know I love reproductive facts. And, and, and spiders, it's especially
2: fascinating to And you me. love courtship. Oh, yeah. I do love courtship. Yep. You're romantic, dude. I What's the most tried. romantic thing you did this year so far? Oh, I don't know. I'll have to think about that. <laughs> Put you on the spot.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I do like being romantic from time to time. So when a male black widow spider is ready to mate, he spins some silk and he soaks it with sperm. And then he wraps it around some appendages that are called pulps that are near his fangs. So if you look at these spiders, they look like little antenna almost by their fangs. And those are called pulps. And he spins this sperm, sperm soak, soak around them. Yeah. Gross. And then he goes looking for a female. And I read this paper called A Meal or a Male. The Whispers of a Black Widow Male Do Not Trigger a Predatory Response in Females. It was written by Samantha Vibert, Catherine Scott, and Gerhard Grease. And this paper talks about how a male spider will find a female spider through these complex chemical cues. And then when he approaches her web, he needs to make sure she knows he's there to bone or else she thinks he's prey and she'll eat him. (laughs) So it's this really tricky thing for a spider because he's half the size of her. And so he needs to be really careful that he doesn't touch this web and sound like he's an insect. Mm. So they use this really cool vibrometer, is what it was called that uses lasers and they looked at the the strands of silk that this female's on. I know, a vibrometer <laughs> sounds like it could be a lot of different things. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when a female's in her nest, or sorry, in her web, those strands of silk, they serve as an extension of her sensory system. Yeah. So she like can feel everything that hits that web. And when the male comes out, they use this little meter thing to measure his vibration frequencies as he's traveling across these, these strands of silk. And he makes it make this really like low humming noise, whereas an insect will make it make these really strong, sharp vibrations. And so she can recognize that it's a male that's approaching rather than an insect that's stuck in her web, which is really, really interesting. Yeah, Um, it's like
0: you either get eaten or you have to do like a sperm dance while tightrope walking across. It just seems really difficult and precarious, <laughs> precarious. A male like black widow a spider in human terms. It's like juggling bowling pins on a unicycle <laughs> across a tightrope.
1: It's like you yeah. either do that or you're going to get eaten. Yeah. And the what? thing you're approaching is like maybe going to be like the best experience of your life or it's going to like <laughs> f- eat you. Yeah. you know, <laughs> It's worth it. Yeah. So he's doing this thing. And then once he gets close enough to her and convinces her that he's not immediate prey, he does a little courtship dance and then he does, uh, he throws the what's dance? called, yeah, they do a little like
2: cool. dance I like. and then he throws a, like dance right before mating.
1: Yeah. A lot of them do it. It's cool. Um,
2: yeah. no, I genuinely like, yeah, I, not even like, I mean, it's funny, but it is like, I like it's interesting.
0: Spiders would be so good at doing the robot. They have all those limbs. You think <laughs> of that? <laughs>
1: Breakdance. So then, another another really (laughs) cool thing he does for a spider.
2: That's the one. Yeah, they just hang down any dancing, right? Yeah, that's true. They would be good at that. Spin around like freaking crazy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So another thing they do is he has this thing that they call a bridal veil. Uh, That's what arachnologists have called it. And essentially, he takes this little web and he throws it on the female and wraps her up in it real quick. And the idea behind that, and I read this what on this web? blog on called Spider mouth? Bites. No, like he has a web that he shoots out of, out of like his, his spinneret. Like Yeah. His, like, yeah. Yep. But he shoots they,
2: like a legit net catching yes, web. Yes,
1: like a little wow. web. And he spins it around her. And they call it a bridal veil. And I read this on this blog called Spider Bites that was created by one of those authors, Catherine Scott. Uh, she's an arachnologist. And what it is, is it's this thin little web. And there's some debate out there over the purpose of this web. But the most common theory is that it restrains the female a bit while they're mating, and it gives him an easier time de- depositing his sperm and a better chance of escaping when they're done. Um, oh, So that's okay. the basic idea of why he does that. It's like a little bit of an insurance policy for him. I wonder yeah. what
0: their uh, what their field goal percentage is. Like if they're pretty accurate
1: at like hitting the female like with how that many web. Shots they need. Yeah. Like what if he missed and he didn't realize? Uh, who's the stiff curry of black widows out there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So she's all tied up. He inserts those pulps that have been wrapped in sperm-soaked silk into her sexual opening, and he fertilizes the eggs that she carries. And after the insemination, he gets the heck out of there. And again, it's important to note that some species, they actually sacrifice their bodies after that point. The female spider makes these papery egg sacs that can contain hundreds of eggs. And a really cool other thing I learned is that she perfectly deposits each of those eggs and tries to make them the exact same size. Because if one of her young is like significantly bigger than the others, it will eat the rest of them. Like it'll oh. just eat all of them. So she mm. like they think by design, black widows try to make all their eggs the exact same size. That's so cool. Yeah. So a couple other facts. They prefer to nest near the ground in dark, undisturbed areas, small holes produced by animals, around construction openings or wood piles. Indoor nests are usually in dark, undisturbed places like under desks, under furniture, or in a basement. When something does stumble into their web, a prey item, the spider will rush over, envenomate the prey, and then wrap it in silk. When the prey has died or is immobile, she then pulses digestive juices all over the prey, which dissolve it into that slurry that we talked about. And then the Mm. spider uses capillary action to suck the liquefied insect into its mouth, which is really cool. That's what Shelob was going to do to Frodo.
2: Slurpee does work too. Kind of, yeah.
1: Yeah, she just slurps it right up. When confronted with a threat, the initial reaction of a black widow spider is to get away as fast as possible. Next, they'll generally flick some silk threads at their threat, or they even play dead. Finally, if it's really being pushed, it will bite in defense. But you really have to convince a Black Widow to bite you. And that's one of the myths that I wanted to dispel. This is not a spider that's aggressive. This is not a spider that tries to bite people. It does everything it can to avoid biting you. And the people that get bit are people like like Jackson, where you slide your shoe into something, it has nowhere to go, or your foot into a shoe, it has nowhere to go, and it decides to bite you. But they really don't like biting. This isn't a bitey spider. Mm-hmm. So there's actually a professor in the 1930s who was an old version of Coyote Peterson, apparently. He was named Alan Blair, and he decided to force a black widow to bite him to study the effects to see if enough bites from the spider, if a human could produce their own immunity.
2: Not coyote, Jack's world of wildlife. We're gonna because talk he about did Jack. A Black Widow. Ja-
1: yep, I was gonna say, we're gonna Whoa. talk about Jack. Okay. The first bite was so painful for this Alan Blair in the thirties that he completely abandoned his experiment <laughs> and didn't go through with any more bites. And that brings up Jack. So He
2: started with Black Widow. Yeah, this that guy like just wanted to see
1: if they could. Start. Well, <laughs> back in the day, there was like some problems with black widows that we're going to talk about, and uh, so he wanted to see if if humans could develop immunity to their bites, and like one bite completely made him want to you know never do that again, and that's what yeah. happened to Jack too. So in Jeff's episode about the kings of sting, we talked about Coyote Peterson, which I'm not a huge Coyote Peterson fan. Jeff was a big fan of Jack's World of Wildlife. Uh, I'm neutral on Jack.
2: That's my guy.
1: Coyote did a video with a black widow where it just kind of scurried over him. I was impressed that he didn't force it to bite him. So good for him for not stressing out that black widow. Jack decided to make one bite him. Pushed it into him. It bit him a bunch of times.
2: He did disclaim too, like, they don't want to bite people. Like, I'm just doing this to show people like not to be afraid of them. And Which I will say, <laughs> cool.
1: Seeing for whatever reason, seeing a black widow like scurry around their arms and stuff gave me the willies more than any other mm. insect or me anything too. that these guys put on them. And so it bites him. And he said that he had the worst pain of any bite that he's ever had. He said that he'll never do another spider bite. He's sticking to insects from now on. He went wow. through like 12 hours of intense pain where he couldn't stand up. And he didn't film all of it, which to his credit, he didn't film himself like rolling around on the ground and whatnot. But he came back and he was like, I didn't film all of this, but I've just been in absolute hell and I'm done doing this. I'm not doing spiders anymore. So kind of the same (laughs) as this Alan Blair guy.
2: He had a really funny expression, I feel like, where you could just tell you'd been through hell because like he he gets bit and he's like, oh, whatever. I'm just going to go on my day is normal. Yeah. then it's like 12 hours later he just looks so miserable his hair is like a mess yeah. and he kind of has like a little smirky smile that's just like yeah I'm mm. an idiot <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> I do want I want to reiterate I'm not a fan of like getting bit by animals for clicks but I do think for everyone that does it he is the most ethical out of the ones that I've seen okay we're gonna move on from that though because we could talk about that for the longest time. Symptoms of a black widow bite include nausea, profuse sweating, severe pain in the abdomen and the back, muscle aches, hypertension, paralysis of the diaphragm, and in very, very, very rare cases, those symptoms can lead to death. In a review, though, by the National Poison Data System, of 23,000 reported black widow spider bites, which a lot of those probably weren't even black widows, from 2000 to 2008, 65% 65% of patients received minor health effects, required no treatment. 335 had a moderate impact that required treatment. And only 1.4% experienced significant effects. No deaths were reported for those eight years. They hardly kill anyone. In the past, when they have, it's generally been older people or children. It's been over a decade since the last death that resulted from a black widow bite. I believe it was in 2011. Wow. Uh, and it was kind of because of mistreatment. Like they didn't realize it was a black widow until too late. And they, the lady could have been saved. And then before that, it was 1983. That was the last one. Oh, and wow. some of the sources I found say that there's never been a documented case of black widow deaths, which I don't agree with because of our next thing we're going to talk about. Are you guys ready to move on to the next thing? Oh,
3: yeah. (laughs) yeah.
1: This is pretty interesting, and I think you guys are going to like this a little bit. So in the past, there were a much higher number of bites and deaths from black widows, and although there still weren't like a ton considering how many black widow spiders there are and how often we come into contact with them, a lot of those bites involved men, and a lot of those bites were on their junk, and there's a reason for that. So do you guys have... Do you have
2: any guesses that you want to put out right now? Like a drinking game? <laughs> Practical. It's like jackass before jackass. <laughs> All
0: right. Like a rite of passage? I no. have no idea. All right. So I read like this
1: article. it was dark? <laughs> that's, <laughs> a, that's a that's finally a good guess. <laughs> I read an article on IFL Science that referenced this. And then there was also an, uh, This American Life episode who featured this woman, Kelsey Padgett. Who is a science journalist that has a really special interest in spiders? And she said in the years spanning 1950 to 1959, 63 people in the US died from black widow bites. So, in nine years in the 50s, most of them were men, and most of those bites were on their penis or their testicles. And the thought, the prevailing thought, is that back then, outhouses were much more commonly used. And black widows really like to form their webs on a place where they're going to catch a lot of prey and it's dark and kind of secluded. So a toilet bowl opening was like a perfect spot for them or they would think it would be perfect because there's all these flies coming up from the outhouse bottom and it's dark and it's quiet. And so a spider that hasn't really learned their lesson yet might be like, oh, this is a perfect spot for my web. And then what would happen is a guy would sit down on the toilet and his junk would hang down into the web and he would get bitten. So whether the spider either thought that it was like maybe some potential prey that had touched the web or a threat, there was a lot of bites on dude's junk back then. And <laughs> Man. the last idea is that because that's such a nerve-heavy area of your body and that venom attacks nerves, there's a thought that it provided a quicker pathway into your body and maybe up into your heart even – And so it was like a more lethal place to potentially get bitten by a neurotoxic spider.
0: Anyway, being a man back in the 1950s was so hard.
1: (laughs) It's good that I learned all this as an adult and not a child or else I'd probably be dead from like (laughs) fecal poisoning right now (laughs) or just like full of rock hard shit. All right. Uh, So as bathrooms were moved indoors, those numbers went way, way down.
2: Okay. That is that's really interesting. Wait, when did so you say a, that? The dates of 50 that. Fifty
1: to fifty-nine. Nineteen hundreds or 1800s? Yeah, nineteen fifty 1950 to nineteen fifty-nine. All right, interesting. So I, I got a couple if that more. Has
2: like a correlation to penis size now, because yeah, people with smaller penises could, survive yeah. more spider bites. Yeah,
1: that's a it's an evolutionary advantage. All right, <laughs> so I got a couple other stories to so take comfort while <laughs> you guys grown out there.
2: Fifty-five percent in like the last decade or something. What? You see that report? No. I haven't seen that. (laughs) They're getting getting big. Man, to be born (laughs) in the last decade, we're not
1: going. (laughs) All right, a couple other stories. (laughs) Moving on. This one's from the New York Post, which is not a great source. We've talked about that. But I did see this story in a lot of other places, and for whatever reason, the New York Post did the best job summarizing it. So I'm just going to almost read this one verbatim from there. It's a small article. Three young Bolivian brothers were hospitalized after getting a black widow spider to bite them, thinking it would turn them into Spider-Man. The Marvel-loving siblings, ages 12, 10, and 8, found a spider while herding goats, and thinking it would give them superhero powers, they prodded it with a stick until it bit each of them in turn. Their mom found them crying. She rushed them to a nearby (laughs) health center, and then they were taken to a nearby hospital. Um, They were transferred... A third time, taken to a children's hospital in La Paz. They had fevers, tremors, and muscle pains. Uh, They were treated and discharged, and all three of them were okay. None of them turned into Spider-Man, unfortunately. (laughs) Shoot. Not yet. Uh,
2: Not yet, that's true. There's a story I saw, and I'm like that statistic I just threw out of 55%, which is completely wrong, I'm sure. Yeah. But anyways, uh, there's a story I just saw of a little kid who was in his apartment building where they lived with his mom? Mm-hmm. And he took her umbrella and jumped oh, off no. like the four oh, store story balcony and hardly even got hurt, but he wanted to be Spider Man. That's crazy. She so said she thinks the umbrella like helped him. <laughs> don't,
1: okay, anyone out there that's thinking <laughs> about trying this, don't do it on our account.
2: You can't no. be Spider Man.
1: No. Unless, All right. <laughs> just maybe, <laughs> just get a huge umbrella, and I guess you can be Spider Man. <laughs> All right, so I got one more story. This one's from Quora. It's going to be our came from Quora because uh, it's actually a pretty good little story, and I couldn't find a lot of other really good Quora stuff. So we're going to read this story that's from Quora. All right, it's from Quora user Brad Portius, and I'm going to pretty much read his story because he does a really good job summing it up. He says, it was a sunny Sunday morning in the summertime of 2006 in Redwood City, California. The missus was back east with her gal pals for a weekend of recharging her batteries and reconnecting with old friends. I was holding down the fort with the Munchkins. His boys are four and one and three fourths. And in the interest of creating a morning diversion, we took some preparations for a walk in the hills. I grabbed a pair of old shoes from the garage and threw them over my bare feet and continued to charge around the house to build momentum to get out the door. About a minute later, I realized there was some wiggling in the toes of my right shoes, and as I was about to take my shoe off, I felt a prick on the tip of my second toe of my right foot. Not painful, but it got my attention. I took my shoe off on the outside steps and dumped it out, discovering a jet black, inky spider with a body the size of an engorged pea. I told my son to grab his bug catcher, which was nearby, and I dumped the spider into the clear container for inspection. Imagine my horror when I rotated the container and got a glimpse of a distinct reddish-brown hourglass figure on the belly of the black spider. I'm going to kind of sum up some of this other stuff. He calls the hospital to see what they think. They tell him that the, there was no way a black widow had bitten him, and the attending physician says that, you know, it's not happening. What? And then, then the physician starts <laughs> looking at Google, and they're like, wait— actually, let me ask you a few more (laughs) questions. And he's on the phone with them a little bit longer. He's had a spider. Yeah, I know. He's on the phone with them a little bit longer, and he starts to have a cramping in his lower right leg. And at this point, the doctor's like, okay, you need to get medical attention. So they pile into their their car, and they head to the ER. And he says, 10 minutes later, I walk to the doors of the ER at Sequoia Hospital in Redwood City, holding the hands of my two boys along with the bug catcher. 30 minutes ago, this spider bit me on this toe, and now this leg is cramping. Again, all the doctors get really excited because this is something very novel to them. And he says, "...by now the cramping had migrated into my groin area, and I was beginning to wonder what was in store. I was told that an anti does exist, but it's kept in Arizona, it's highly toxic, and they don't fly that in unless I was about to die." So my fate was to get jacked up on opiates and survive the onslaught of the neurotoxin from the spider, which would cause tremendous pain and cramping for the next six hours. So he texts his wife. He tells her that he's been bit by a black widow, kind of ruins her vacation. And then they load him up on painkillers and he gets discharged from the hospital, which he says was great. But then later... He says nights three and four were disasters for him. He says, for some completely unknown reason, I was sweating profusely at night, as in soaking through my sheets and changing my sheets three times on one night and twice the next. Specifically, I was leaking sweat out of my legs. I'd wipe them off and they'd beat up immediately. It was freaky.
0: Jeez. Jeez.
1: He also said I was having trouble concentrating or being coherent for five days. Sleep was next to impossible. I was getting worn down and like his wife was worried that he had brain damage his his (laughs) doctors switch him over from vicodin to valium and he finally gets a decent night's sleep and then like a week later he started to feel normal and he goes on like a cleaning binge around his house to get rid of spiders Mm. (laughs) anyway pretty similar to our first story dude sticks his foot in a shoe doesn't check it first gets bit by a black widow spider I would say, you know, a thing that I learned in this episode and something that I've tried to do in the past, if you have a shoe that you haven't put on for a long time and it's in like a dark corner of your closet or in your basement or somewhere where a spider may have made it its home, give it a little shake before you put it on. Give it a good shake before you put it on because but shaking that is doesn't work. It can get it out of there. It'll at least like disturb their web. No, they like as soon as they feel a threat, they'll come down on their web and try and escape. Mm. If you really shake it good, it'll come out. Um, Or at least it should. (laughs) But yeah, you're right. Like it's not the perfect. If you're really worried about it, I've
2: heard that one before.
1: Like if you want to be really paranoid about it, get like a shoehorn or something and put it up in there and scrape it out. But it's not a bad idea. What
2: would Jeff and Mike do? Are we doing that? We are going to do that. Um, Okay, I'll save it because I thought of mine just then.
1: But I do want to stress, I want to stress this at the end of all these stories, you really have to push a black widow to get bitten. And if you do get bitten, you're almost certainly going to be fine. So much so that like they really don't even make anti-venom because people recover from these things. No one really dies from them. You're probably going to have some pain. It's probably not going to be the best day of your life, but you're going to be okay. And they're so like they're not Cajun Kane. Yeah, worst day of his really life. Really got to
2: push him, and oh, you just got to really push him to get him to bite. Yeah, exactly. You um, have to go after his wife, yeah. <laughs> but you might die.
1: You might. He might kill you with his his weapons of destruction, or whatever they say his hands are. <laughs> uh, so stupid. Anyway, <laughs> I just want to stress that that like you, if you could probably put your hand and grab a black widow spider out of its web and it's probably not going to bite you in fact i watched a lot of videos of people on the internet doing exactly that they had like jack had to literally pin that spider down onto his arm and push its fangs into his arm to get it to bite him these are not animals that want to hurt us they're beautiful animals they're part of their ecosystem they do a lot of pest control for us by eating all these other little bugs they're just minding their own business. So just check your shoes and check those like dark spaces when you're cleaning your garage or whatever. Just
2: be careful. All right. Any questions about Black Widows? How do you feel about people killing them and they find them at their house? Uh, I feel okay with it if you find it in your house. But you won't even mm-hmm. let Jack just
1: let one bite him and not even kill I, it? I said I was okay with that thing of Jack. I just don't <laughs> like the whole, the whole thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I mean, personally, if I found one in my house, I'd try to catch it in a jar and let it go outside. But I don't blame people for not feeling comfortable for doing that. So yeah. if you got to kill them, you got to kill them. Uh, they're not in any kind of conservation. Spoiler for yeah, our conservation like a conservation part. Thousand they're doing fine. We're not even going to talk about it. They're doing they're doing fine. Speaking <laughs> okay. of babies, how
0: when a spider gives birth to all these babies, what is like the survival rate? Do you know anything
1: about that? I looked into it a little bit like a big part of it is whether or not it's it's siblings eat it yeah like that's one of their main threats is getting eaten by their other siblings but i'm not sure after that like what their main threats are as far as adult spiders go there are like reptiles mammals birds that eat them they have a fair number of predators and like lizards and whatnot their venom doesn't affect them at all so they'll just go for them but yeah i I don't know about the babies I, i imagine a lot of them die
2: are they an animal that does better in cities? I don't think they necessarily do
1: better in cities because we don't really. There's there's not a prey species that they eat that we're like proliferating. It's not like they eat rats. But we like create a lot of hiding spots from predators. Yeah, maybe they're not they're not really short on habitat though. I I don't think okay. we've like really benefited them that much. But I don't know. You might be right or when you say. Mother- yeah, I don't know either. Yeah. When you ask if they do well
0: in cities, I just imagine a little spider in a suit and like, a briefcase sitting on York. the subway. It's like doing <laughs> really If I can really make well. it
2: here, I
1: can make it anywhere. <laughs> yeah.
2: All right. Like six months later, he's just like a taxi driver who hates it. Calling his life. parents. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh.
1: So we're going to get into our categories. I didn't include quite as many in this episode because I knew we had a lot of biology and some fun stories. But uh, we're going to start with pop culture, because there are a lot of Black Widows. you didn't
2: prep, too.
1: Okay, great. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all for a Audible. Let's start with pop culture, though. I'm going to go first. I really loved season four of Stranger Things. I think it was my favorite season of all of them. And mm-hmm. the big bad in Stranger Things, Vecna, he—there's, like, uh, spoilers—part uh, where it looks at his past, and as a kid, he was obsessed with Black Widow Spiders— and then you realize there's kind of been some Black Widow imagery throughout the show, or spider imagery at least. And that's my pick. And my shout out pick is my Black Widow Pog that I had when oh, I was into Pogs. I was going to choose it a slammer? Really? Really? I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, okay. It was a slammer. Oh, that's yeah. so sweet. Yeah. That was a good Pog. <laughs> yeah. It was heavy. I don't understand why <laughs> like it, made the rules with Pogs. Like, why didn't iron. everyone just get the heaviest yeah. <laughs> slammer and just knock everyone's <laughs> Pogs?
2: Yeah. That's right. probably why it's not popular anymore yeah yeah <laughs> um, that's a really good pick i'm gonna give you props
1: good pick we had a couple in our neighborhood jeff that just went all in on pogs like they sold pogs out of their garage and they like just had, adult yeah and they just had like boxes and boxes of pogs <laughs> i wonder how they're doing all
2: right it's too bad they didn't do that with pokemon yeah be billionaires Mike, <laughs> I don't know if this is a Black Widow. I kind of think it is
0: Miss Spider from James and the Giant Peach. Yeah, I think she is. Kind of Black Widow-ish. Uh, I have like a pretty major crush on her, thus continuing the trend of all of my childhood crushes being animals, <laughs> basically, <laughs> with <laughs> Gadget and well, whatever. Um, yeah. She's great, though. Mr. Centipede, always trying to get with her. Good taste, dude. She's cool. Though. She's... One of
1: the first books I ever read. That's a That's a good pick. I like yeah. that. Rolled yeah. doll, yeah, cool. Kay. He's he's been I'm in the going... news recently. Yes. Well, have
0: to litigate yes. that right <laughs> <Yeah>. now,
2: but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going with uh, Vera Rentsky. Okay, I could be saying the last Explain. name wrong. Yeah, I mean she's in my Mount Rushmore of serial killers. Okay, um, she's the dubbed the Black Widow, and was a Romanian cel- serial killer charged oh. with poisoning 35 individuals, including her two husbands. Multiple lovers, her son, and she used arsenic in the 1920s. Nice. So she's just giving arsenic to everyone. They probably (laughs)
1: deserved it. The kid, you think? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. why not?
2: Maybe he was (laughs) just,
1: maybe she just got a little caught up for him. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, she's like, I mean, it's just like a profession dominated by males yeah. So I feel like when a female excels at it, you kinda Yeah, of you love to see a, a woman
1: out. excel at serial killing.
0: Yeah, I agree.
2: <laughs>
1: Who's
0: who else is on your Mount Rushmore? Just out of <laughs> <this> morbid curiosity. <laughs> yeah, I
2: mean you gotta have Bundy on there. Bundy. Bundy yeah, and for Dahmer sure. for sure on there. Yeah, probably Dahmer. And then mm. that fish dude. Oh, Albert Fish. He's a bad one. <laughs> Maybe Zodiac though. That's tough. Yeah, he never really got caught.
1: You know, you get yeah. some points for that. The Green River Green River Killer is up there. Who's oh, that yeah.
0: uh Lady East Bathory Bay. or whatever she just bathed in the blood of her victims? Oh, I don't know, but I like that. She might be in there for me. We can make <laughs> a whole What's
1: episode the out of this dude? one. The- we <laughs> should make a podcast about your the favorite murderers. Jack the Ripper?
2: Yeah, Jack the Ripper.
1: That's a good one. I we'll mean call it we'll call it my favorite serial killer. Yeah, I do
2: like really a successful. lot of like the tyrants get a pass. Yeah, but he like, like killed like six, dollar, six million yeah. people or something. You know, yeah, like right.
1: Genghis Khan. All right, okay, let's move on. What would Mike? They just Jeff made it do? legal. <laughs> uh, uh, what like, would Mike and Jeff do? You get you put your foot inside of a inside of a shoe, and there's a spider wiggling
2: around in there. What are you doing? Yeah, I'll start. So I feel like it's just not. I'm not gonna check my shoe every time before i put my shoes on i might yeah. like slip my shoes on type of guy i don't yeah. even tie the laces you know when, when i said that edge, i just yeah. meant
1: like a dusty old pair of shoes oh that i'm I've not sitting i'm on. okay i'm
2: just saying personally yeah if there's a spider in my shoe i'm not gonna see it yeah i'm not saying your advice is wrong so i'm just gonna like kick the wall <laughs> as hard as i can with i was actually gonna feet. recommend that <laughs> <laughs> So that's a good. I just hope I smush it if there's one in there. I like that,
0: Hmm. Mike. Yeah, I'm just gonna put my shoes on super hard every time from
1: now on. (laughs) Pretty
3: much the same.
0: (laughs) You both pretty much went the
1: direction I was gonna say is like (laughs) not a terrible idea if you're a little nervous about a pair of shoes. Like maybe just like put your foot forward and like mush your toes around and try and kill it before it can bite you. But if you, I'm going to talk more about what you should do if you do get bitten by a black widow. Could Jeff, wear else. Just yeah, wear Crocs. Just wear Crocs. Just wear Crocs exclusively. Yeah.
0: <laughs> or like put a little bug in there, see if it wants to
1: eat it. Just always carry around oh, yeah. some bugs, some flies. Just be its friend. All right. So this is from OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. They have a fact sheet on black widows and what you should do if you're bitten by a black widow. Uh, they talked about cleaning the bite area with soap and water. Applying ice to the bite area to slow the absorption of venom. I don't know if either of those actually do anything with black widows. I would imagine they don't. So I'm saying that advice, but it's what I found. I don't think that actually is going to really help. Elevate the extremity. Capture the spider if you're able to safely, or at least identify it so you know what it is, and then get to medical attention. Really, that's all you can do. But So one of the things I read from like a trusted source that I didn't like that I mentioned was on like National Geographic on their webpage for Black Widows and a bunch of other really good web pages. They said that Black Widow venom is more potent than rattlesnake venom. It is, but that's very misleading because it makes you think, oh, if I get bit by a Black Widow, it's worse than getting bit by a rattlesnake. That's not true. A rattlesnake delivers so much more venom that you're in much more trouble if you get bit by a rattlesnake than by a Black Widow. If a black widow delivered the amount of venom that a rattlesnake does, we would die from them all the time. You'd probably die within minutes, but it's apples and oranges because it's also a totally different type of venom. So don't believe that if you read it, if you get bit by a black widow, calmly go get medical attention. You're going to be fine. You're not going to die. You're going to be okay. Like you're just going to be okay. You might, you might experience some pain. You'll have a good story to tell for the rest of your life, but you're going to be okay. Just go to the hospital and get it checked out. Do you think a good preventative measure
0: would be to remove your bottom ribs in case you get bit on the junk? <laughs>
1: no, I don't think so.
0: Being Marilyn Manson feels pretty safe.
1: I d- remember when that was like the first big gossip that spread before any of us had the internet or social <laughs> yeah. media or anything. And somehow we still all heard that.
2: Yeah. It's gotta yeah. be true, and, dude. Like, <laughs> it's not like, it's not, not like now where you could like fact check it. Right. either. It's yeah, just right. like, it's like, like, all right. Everything. <laughs> he's a weird dude. He was sucks. the,
0: was the, uh, yeah, he does. Was the yeah, rumor that Trinity from the matrix died. Was that a thing that happened up in Montana for you guys? That was a big no. rumor in, I didn't get that one. Huh?
3: But you were also Ferrell plugged
2: into all the Matrix rumors. Wait, Will right. Ferrell? There was a rumor he died. Yeah, what well, the heck? It was just because of his role in Wedding Crashers, where he like talks about the like funeral, the person's funeral, and how uh, he yeah. died in like a skydiving accident. But then, like everyone was saying, he died in a skydiving accident, and like the whole school believed it. Whoa. <laughs> Shouldn't know right. better. That was
1: a local rumor in Jeff's like middle school. Yeah. Okay. I, I hadn't heard that one. I got a new category for you guys, and it's just for this episode. This category yes. is called Scarlett Johansson or a Black Widow Spider. We can uh, keep this one going. So, <laughs> Scarlett Johansson is famous for playing Black Widow in the Marvel movies. So I'm going to give you guys some facts, and you guys have to tell me if I'm talking about the actress Scarlett Johansson. Or a black widow spider. Okay, All right.
0: <laughs> Yeah. This
1: thing, whether it's Scarlett, ScarJo, or a black widow spider, was the world's highest-paid actress in 2018 and 2019.
2: <laughs> spider. Uh, what's what's the nickname for Scarjo? ScarJo. ScarJo. Correct. That was Scarlett Johansson. That was
1: an easy one. All right. This was nominated for Best Actress in a Comedy or Musical for Lost in Translation. Scarja. Correct. All right. We got the easy ones out of the way. This one will lay roughly 200 eggs at a time. Black Widow's (laughs) fighting. Okay. So far, Jeff, you're three for three. Mike? (laughs) Mike. Are you going to play? I'm glad Jeff's on my side because, man. All right. Climate change has increased their range. I mean,
2: <laughs> I think there's both of them, probably. Yeah, right. I feel like Scarjo probably likes warmer weather. She's probably like, she's. I'm going Scarjo again. Mike, what are you answering for that one? <laughs>
1: Ooh, I'll go Spider. Just to, it is the Spider. I had the Spider in mind for that one. This okay. I object Either I, Black Widow or Scarjo. I jo. think Scarjo
2: is getting out to colder places with this warmer climate. <laughs>
1: This was featured in the Home Alone series of movies.
2: Was it the spider? Well, Tell
1: that's me That's the spider. Spider? <laughs> Jeff, what do you say? Or wait, I'm saying Scarjo. It's Scarjo. What the heck? Which one? She was Which in one? Home Alone 3. Yeah. All right. I was, it's it's a the harder.
0: tarantula was in Home Alone. Ooh,
1: you tricked right. me. This one bites only when threatened. Uh that's both. Okay. I'm not sure actually. I'm not sure about Scarjo. But definitely the
2: Black Widow Spider. <laughs> I think it's uh, the, the Black Widow superhero bites when threatened.
1: Okay. This one has poor eyesight.
2: Uh, Black Widow Spider. Mike? Scar Scarjo. Black Widow Spider.
1: Couldn't find anything about Scarjo having poor eyesight. I mm. looked pretty hard. Okay. Yeah. This one mates with a less attractive partner. <laughs> Oh, that's subjective. (laughs) Scarjo. Both of them. Both of them do. All right. (laughs) Shout out to Colin Jost. Uh, (laughs) Scarjo's married to the guy that, yeah. I think he would happily say that she's more attractive than him. Uh, All right. That is subjective, though.
2: That's like the Statue of
1: David's the only thing that could (laughs) be on her level. That's true. Just any male is going to be less attractive. No arms yeah all right so <laughs> no. no
0: never mind sorry i'm getting my classical what? artwork mixed up that's it that's
1: it for our new game <laughs> uh, i hope you guys liked it uh you know we're workshopping things around here so no. there you go no that's yeah. fun
2: bring it back e- a lot easier than jeff wasn't
1: it was very hard <laughs> <laughs> all right jeff you said you had a new category
2: for us what is it it's not new oh okay i just want to see how many types of spiders you can name and 20 seconds of any spider yeah okay i'm gonna put the number at 16 or 15 and a half and i think we should bet a billion dollars mike
1: a billion (laughs) yeah okay how much time are we giving him 22 seconds wait before we do this one can i like if i'm like talking about tarantulas can i go into species of tarantulas or does is a tarantula like one spider
2: like, how many types of tarantula? I'm saying, like, how yeah, how no, like, in the weeds can I get? Okay. If it's, like, All a right. different animal, okay. it counts. Okay. Okay, so lay out the parameters again. 22 seconds, 15 and a half. It's just how many types of spider he can name. One billion dollars. So that basically means... Oh, man. Like, we won't ever pay. The, like, if you ever become a billionaire, you will be broke. Because yeah. you'll owe it all to me, and okay. vice versa.
0: Can't we just bet another night of consummating our
1: marriage? <laughs> <laughs> all right.
2: How many spiders? Um,
1: Over. 15 and a half in how many seconds? 22 seconds. 22. Okay, that's going to be a good
2: one. $1 billion. Yep, deal. But we can set up a monthly payment plan. Okay, like <laughs> that's fair. Quarter. But it transfers on if we ever have kids. Okay. Uh, You ready, Wes? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Ready, set, go. Black widow spider, brown widow
1: spider, redback spider, huntsman spider, wolf spider, hobo spider, um, brown recluse spider, orb weave spider, Australian funnel web, Sydney funnel web, uh, crab spider, house spider, uh, giant or a goliath bird eater, tarantula. Um,
2: Time. No, that was close. How many was that? <laughs>
1: How There's many did I get? Deep.
2: Oh shit!
1: I thought I'd be able to get that one.
2: I thought you'd do more tarantulas after asking. I how many was going to,
1: and then do. I was having a hard time, and I didn't want to get bogged down. It in is
2: them. kind of a like longer name yeah. for a spider.
1: Okay, know? hold on. I'm I making my first it. payment right now
0: of a billion dollars. Like one quarter. One quarter a year. year. A year. Okay. All right. <laughs> or
2: if you get a billion dollars, you could do like
0: what's one your payment. what's your Venmo handle for
1: everyone? <laughs> Listen. Oh, you might as well give it out. Mine's wesley uh, dash Larson.
2: Yeah, Jeff-Larsen-1. <laughs> dash dash
1: okay, let's do some
2: listener questions. <laughs> you paid it. How much did he pay you? Let's see. What did he put a note? Spider bet. How much? A quarter. Perfect. All right. He's <laughs> good for the year. <laughs> let's do some
1: listener questions. Let's start with those subscriber questions, Mike. Okay, so first question.
0: This is from Allie. And they ask if you could take over the body of any
1: living person for a day, who would it be? Hmm. I think I would do. I think I'd be Elon Musk. I'd immediately donate all of my money and stock options to a conservation organization, and then I would
2: um, kill myself. Oh jeez! <laughs> <laughs> In a Tesla, you just got put it on <laughs> autopilot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> yeah, I want to be i think i want to be jonathan majors oh he's really like just feel like how much weight i can lift and uh, (laughs) how (laughs) strong i am yeah
0: i think if you kill yourself in the body of the other person you die i think that's the rule worth it okay (laughs) just making sure um So when I travel, or I guess really when I go anywhere, I sometimes get that really weird feeling where it just I become cognizant of life happening outside of my like sphere of experiencing it. (laughs) Your room. Yeah, Yeah, my room. Um (laughs) but like I remember feeling a really distinct there's actually a word for it. It's called saundering, when you kind of like consciously recognize that other people have a full life full of experiences outside of your own. And I remember I was at this like weird little bed and breakfast a couple hours outside of Beijing, right by the Great Wall of China. Uh And I was just like, the thought struck me. I was like, what is the day-to-day life like for these people? It's just so foreign and different from my own. Mm -hmm. So like them or maybe like just LeBron
2: James. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like you don't become them. You just like live in them as a ghost or something.
0: Do you control them or are you just kind of along for the ride? So and you don't you get
1: just, to experience their memories. The next memories. day you like experienced what they experienced. Oh, okay. Day. Then yeah. I'll so you go don't go inherit all their memories and all their. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I viewed it too. Okay. Or else. Yeah. Fine. You know, if I just spend all his money, I don't have to get rid oh, of it too. Speaking
2: of serial killers. <laughs> well, I don't think. Is the Zodiac killer still them. out there? Cause oh, I'd like I to that it, like, hang out. Oh, did we? What or the heck? Th- he was in my Mount Rushmore. Yeah. No, well, yeah. Uh, He's dead.
1: But they think okay. he's dead. I was just oh my bad. It's just someone you still
2: at to... large
0: that's really like no one knows who they are. I pick <laughs> So you would know. Yeah. yeah.
2: Like John <laughs>
1: Benet Ramsey's killer. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah.
2: But then you would feel like pressure to like go kill him or no, like no, solve I the case
1: what? and you wouldn't you wouldn't if you told the cops like I know who he it is. You knew
2: who the and Zodiac man. Killer was, and he's killing people, you wouldn't feel pressure to go kill him?
0: I no, would. I would report compelling evidence to the authorities.
1: What's the evidence, though? What are they going to believe?
2: i just point oh, him in the right direction. His body for
0: a day? Well, I'm not going to go just kill a person, because then I'm on the hook for killing just a person. No I, one knows I'd who I'd they were. I'd kill the Zodiac Killer. Yeah, you would would do it. You're a coward.
1: I'm not a coward. <laughs> I proved it to you. All right. Yeah. All those people you've gone out and killed. No, but I think I could kill the Zodiac Killer and sleep like a baby
0: that night. Whatever, dude. You're like five foot two. <laughs> he would body slam you,
1: dude. Physically, like, I'm not going to get in a physical alteration with him. Mike's so mad that you killed the <laughs> yes, Zodiac <he> Killer.
2: <laughs>
1: I'm not five two, Mike. All right. Next question. We're just going to fight about this one some more. Uh, This one is
0: from Colby. They ask, what are both your ugliest and least favorite animals on the planet? And we've kind of answered this before. So we're putting on the parameter that it has to be larger than a a loaf of bread. Uh, (laughs) Jeff suggested that because we always come back to just like creepy little weird bugs. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I'll, I'll go first. I don't like looking at elephant seals really at all. I think elephant seals. They're
1: pretty ugly. Okay. Wow. Uh, My answer is ocean isopods, like the giant isopods they find at the bottom of the ocean. Like you remember, again, I'm bringing it up again, that Peter Jackson King Kong scene where all those little weird bugs come out and get them. The ones that have like, they look like potato bugs almost, but they're like cream colored. Those actually live at the bottom of the ocean and they're really gross looking and some people just love them, but I I think they're really disgusting. People so, love those, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm getting
0: rid of. Well, what were they doing up on the island if they were in the sea? Rid of
1: them? Are we getting rid of these, or are we just saying what we don't like? <laughs> no, we just don't. <laughs> okay. All right, sorry. They're Whoops. at the
2: bottom of the ocean, yeah. dude. Why yeah, I am So care. mad about, about it. them. They're doing their thing. I don't want to get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I kind of forgot to prep this one, and all I can think of right now is a blobfish. Oh, But fish. I like...
0: They're...
2: Okay. They're ugly. They're super yeah. ugly. But okay. I don't... They're not my least favorite. They're just what I would say are like maybe the ugliest. All right. Mm, that's his knee-jerk answer. We'll take cool. it. Uh,
0: from Retro, what is your favorite Lord of the Rings video game? Theirs is Conquest. And second question, what's everyone's favorite species of shark?
1: Mine was Shadow of War, and my favorite species of shark is the Great White Shark. Yeah. yeah. My,
0: I, I think Great White Shark... M- Mako sharks are really growing on me. They're they're really like metallic looking, super fast shark. Yeah. I don't know. They're just really they're cool looking sharks. Lord of the Rings, the Third Age, for me though, it's like a turn based, almost like JRPG stylized game. I thought that was really really great.
2: Uh, yeah, I'd go Shadow of War. I loved like making them all your little like slaves or whatever the orcs. <laughs> <It's> the orcs, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then um, I would say, uh whale shark. Okay. Easily. Cool. Well, All right. thanks for the patron questions. Jeff, you
1: want to do some l- listener ones? Yeah, thanks, subscribers, patrons. Yeah. That's the benefit to
2: Patreon. You get to ask some questions. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> uh Lonesome Levi asks, Hey Jeff, what's the big deal with the Mona Lisa? I don't know. I'm curious about that too. I don't I don't know what the big deal is. You don't? Nah. Huh.
1: I like I saw that on your story, and it was surprising to me because I feel like th- the thing that I learned about the Mona Lisa is that like people can't replicate the like look in her eyes, and the fact that she looks like she's smiling in some angles and she doesn't. What's she smiling
2: about, dude? I don't know, <laughs> but oh, like, yeah. I read about that it smile, once, smile,
1: dude. <laughs> and people say that it's like this untouchable piece of art because it's like you're like you can't replicate it. So I think that's why I feel like
2: if you like want to be an art critic, you'd say like she's smiling. But, you know, when you really stare, it's a deep sadness that you can just (laughs) tell. That's why I could be an art critic.
1: I get it, though. Aesthetically, it's like not as pretty of a painting as some others. Do you think it's like a
2: top 10 painting ever?
1: Oh, without a doubt. I think it's number one. Sure. It's your favorite painting. It's not my favorite. But I think like when it comes to like skill and fame. And everything. I would say it's number well, one. Well, thing historical is. import and all that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What, I don't know. what, what were like you gonna say, Mike? It's it just not- looks like her smile, maybe Da Vinci just told like kind of a bad joke and she's just politely, you know, like, eh, huh.
2: Okay. <laughs> yeah. Or like she Thanks. farted it and like knows <laughs> he's about to smell it. <laughs> <Yeah>. I
1: can't <laughs> remember what for it was. It. That I read that made me appreciate it so much, but they talked about the nuance of it and how the brush strokes you spent like and 17 years or something. Yeah, and it's just like insane the amount of work that went into it. But I will, like, I've been in the Sistine Chapel, and that to me was like much cooler. I've never seen the Mona Lisa, but like, yeah,
2: I don't know. I don't think it's. I don't know. I'm not okay. impressed by it. That's the all one right.
0: that they burned up in Glass Onion, right? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like that movie. I know that's not what we're talking it. about here. I thought yeah. it was actually like it really, bad. really bad. Yeah. But
2: whatever. That that finale was just like, wait, so that's how they get it? Yeah. But like, yeah. it was they're on know, the island. Yeah. Like uh No, but I wanna I wanna give my perspective on. It. Like, I just think I think that I'm not a good enough artist or like art expert to give the details of why it's so good. Yeah. So I'm just kind of looking at it, you know, and I'm like, no, I like all of Van Gogh's stuff more. I like Monet more, you know. I think the that's fine. That's your creations better, and like sure. I I heard that when it got stolen. It became, like, way more famous, and that's what, like, made it the most famous painting. Yeah.
1: But, you know, that's the beauty of art. It's all subjective. It is. It's all subjective. There's art that I never thought would affect me that I've had, like, emotional reaction looking at. So I dude if you I, I never, it, the Mona Lisa I, <laughs> I never understood that until I like sat in up. front of some of those pieces and I was like wow I'm actually like feeling
0: something real. yeah when I went to the Met for the first time in New York it's an emotional experience then you it's from stuff you just don't even you can't even articulate why you're feeling that way but right. when you see stuff in person it's completely different than looking at like a JPEG online yeah
2: yeah all right um, let's move on What's your face off safe word so you know Jeff isn't actually Nicholas Cage? Oh, that's from Augustix. Okay. Augustix. How do you guys know I'm who I am? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, I guess. I, I just have really you try like to
0: that. say Svalbard maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: What was their safe word again? What did he say to his kid? Or he, like, touched his kid's face in a really weird... Oh, that's just, so like, weird. ...kind of... Sub- but it his was... A, he yeah. didn't have, like, a safe word thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was just that weird Because, touch. like, his
2: wife banged the bad guy yeah. still. Yeah. yeah. Um, that movie's so good. Needed it. There's so many layers Different to safe that. word for that <laughs> night. Now that's art. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not acknowledging that. Bailey Mockler... Ask: Can sperm whales actually kill humans with their click? I don't think so.
1: Oh, I've no. heard that before. Do you know like, what that means? I think they're saying like a sonic sound that they send. Um, that it's so it loud
0: that the, it like ruptures your ears could, and brain. And yeah, stuff. maybe they
1: know. could rupture an eardrum or something, but I don't think it could kill a person. I'd be I'd be surprised. But you know, we haven't. We're gonna do a sperm whale episode at some point, and we're gonna talk about the whale ship Essex. And when we do that, I will figure that out. That's my promise to you.
2: Grace Olden says, should you be be weary about using fragrance product before going into the wilderness?
0: Weary, probably. Yeah, probably weary. It could be either, I guess, but yeah, probably weary.
1: You, like, I guess from a bear context, any kind of unnatural scent could potentially attract a bear, but they've done some studies on that sort of thing, and- you don't wanna have like really fragrant things in your tent with you, but if you're just going on a hike or something, you don't really have to worry about. It. It's not gonna like pull a bear in. What it could do is if you have a bear that's already curious in what you are and then it comes in and smells those things, it might make it even more curious, but that's more in like a campsite situation or something like that. So I would say in a campsite in the back country, do whatever you can to eliminate any unnatural scents, um, even some natural ones. But if you're just going for a hike or something, you don't really have to worry about it.
2: Well what about when you went to British Columbia and you were all wearing Dior and we're all the bears came Dior. up to smell <laughs> you guys. We weren't wearing any Dior, but they, uh, didn't, they, didn't, the give me a, they
1: didn't give me a single <laughs> sample from that. They didn't even give what? you any Dior? No. Oh no, come on. I didn't what? get anything. Yeah.
2: Well yeah. you got money though. That I did could get purchase some money. it. I did get Probably enough money to buy one Dior. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, What was the thing with that too? Like you did all the shooting, but then all the Johnny Depp stuff came out right after and he was like the voice for it or something. No,
1: like the main, yeah, that, which I'm not, I'm not a fan of his. And then also the main thing was the fragrance. It was called Sauvage. Sauvage. And when they released the second round of it, they did it with like some native American imagery which Mm. like it was a French company. And I think they just didn't really understand or they definitely should have. That's not an excuse, but like it was, it was dumb and they got a lot of flack for it, which they should have. But uh, luckily the piece that I did with them had nothing like that. There wasn't any kind
2: of, it was just about, you know, why I love bears and yeah. Yeah. You know, I was, I I thought it was a really cool video. Actually, people should watch it. Like it is really pretty. Thanks. Um, but I, I've been like going through Macy's a few times recently and I've yeah. been like paying more attention to the cologne Uh huh. and some of those names are so funny. They're like dumb. bad boy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Do you guys wear cologne at all?
1: No, I bought some Aqua Dugio or whatever when I was in college and I still have some of that bottle from,
2: from college. Years. Yeah. From like 15 years later or something. I would wear Pac Suns in high school. There's like Kiera or something. Nice. I remember
0: when Nike released a fragrance, a cologne, like back when we were really little, me and all my friends bought it. We were probably like, I don't know, just fourth just like grade We just doused each <laughs> other in it. Yeah. I
2: actually did. I just bought one called Hefe. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> of course um, you did. <laughs> I kind of like the idea of cologne. Can't wait to smell like, you. Just having like, I don't know. I just think it's kind of fun to have like different fragrances and yeah. smell nice. But then, I like, they like they never smell does. that good. Yeah, it yeah. usually
1: just like overwhelms your senses. <laughs> I,
2: I took one spray of a sample one at Macy's, uh-huh. and the people I was with like were just coughing behind me. <laughs> like
0: what's the minutes. What's the tip? It shouldn't announce itself. It should be discovered or whatever. Ooh,
2: that's nice. Yeah. Like so like
0: everyone it. put on less than you think because another
2: you don't want to layer, another layer in all Mike. my like compliments <laughs> where it's been like you smell nice it's been like my laundry detergent on my t-shirt yeah seriously <laughs> <Like, laughs> or like my old spice deodorant or something they'll be like what yeah. are you wearing and i'm like
1: i don't even Tied, have deodorant right <laughs> softener fabric softener <laughs> all right let's jeff's got a five-star review that he wants to read you guys, uh, okay. really quick, before he reads it, if you if you like the podcast and you want to write us a review on Apple Podcasts, helps us out a lot, makes yep. us feel really good. Every once in a while we like to read one on the show
2: because we do really enjoy it. So, Jeff? Yeah, I got a twofer. All right. Um, this one's from John Wick Dog, John Wick's Dog. I've never seen the John Wick movies, but thanks to this podcast, I feel like I have. You know if you know. <laughs> was that the title <laughs> of the review or was that the reviewer? The title is John Wick's dog. Okay. And that's the review. I (laughs) think it's because my dog food ad reads. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. (laughs) I want John Wick's dog. Uh, All right. And then another one. Jeff is an idiot. Jeff is an idiot. And Wes makes me sound smart when I repeat all of his animal facts. Also, there's Mike. (laughs) Oh, five stars.
0: That one was five (laughs) stars. If I get mentioned, I count it as a win.
2: All right, uh, thanks, guys. Uh, even though yeah. that last one, you know, whatever. I <laughs> like it. I no, it's a good one. No, I'm good with it. You <laughs> know, right. I think it takes intelligence to come up with like stupid stuff. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> not, <laughs> that you're not going to get
1: any argument on your intelligence. Like from the I'm two of us. so smart that I can like pr- be an idiot. You know you what? Know, That's a all good point. We're smart in different ways, and. I think you're one of the more clever people I've ever been right. in my life. That's it takes sure. it takes
0: a certain kind of intelligence to be as funny as Jeff is. So don't yeah. don't let it fool you.
2: I am good, pretty good problem dumb solver. Sometimes, too, <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know where my wallet is for the last two days. <laughs> <laughs> for no good reason.
1: That's very normal.
2: All right. So we're going to do our claw
1: rating. Uh, thanks, guys, again for those five-star reviews. Give us a five-star review. We might read it do it. All right. Claw rating. Uh, we don't need to do conservation. They're doing just fine, but I'm going to go for my claw rating. I'm going to say, I'm going to say six claws. This isn't, this is probably the spider that when I see in like North America, I get the most excited about. I really think they're cool looking. I like that they're potentially dangerous, but I'm not particular huge fan of spiders i'm not like necessarily more afraid of spiders than the next guy but i don't really love when a spider's like on me or something i'll pick up a tarantula though or something like that but yeah i don't know so that's why they get a six that's why they're not higher but for spiders i like them quite a bit yeah they got those
0: big old butts right that that gives them a couple points right (laughs) yeah uh i'll go seven i'm
2: caked up (laughs)
0: double cheeking (laughs) on a tuesday (laughs) (laughs) um i i like spiders there's just kind of an element of danger associated with them whether that's fair or not i just think that's kind of a cool thing yeah seven
2: cool i'm thinking i'm having a hard time i'm thinking eight or nine wow they might be my favorite spider is why yeah Mm. like there's that one really cute colorful one with like the big beady eyes that i like the peacock black widows and like huh peacock jumping spider yeah, yeah, peacock jumping spider. Yeah. It's between these two and like in like media like black widows just such a cool name for things. Yeah. Yeah. And like they just have like such a cool design. So like I'm going to go 93 and then 8. Oh, cool. All right. Honestly,
1: those are both higher than I thought. It almost made me want to bump them up, but I'm going to stick with 6 for now. But for spiders, I do like them quite a bit. I think I I like spiders. Do you like
2: more than black Widow? I like the
1: little jumping spiders that are on the wall. Sometimes I like the peacock one more. I like tarantulas more. I I like the big fuzzy
0: tarantulas a lot.
1: Yeah, so I'm gonna pick those over it. But they're probably my favorite, like dangerous North American spider.
2: Oh, and I'm just gonna throw in four forty-five for box jellyfish. I don't think I gave them a score. Uh Okay, good catch. Yeah,
1: people are. (laughs) People are keeping track of that. People are I'm yeah, a number. Yeah. People have
2: been
0: mad. <laughs> yeah, the, I lost a lot of followers. <laughs> Jeff's Animal Rankings channel and our Discord server has been going nuts. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, everyone. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Uh, for all you arachnophobes out there, hopefully you made it through the episode. I think you can take some comfort in knowing that a spider that maybe you were pretty afraid of is actually really not a threat, not something that you have to worry about an important player in your local ecosystem around your house and just a really cool animal that we can really appreciate. And, um, yeah, anyway, thanks for, thanks for tuning in. Love you guys. Yep. Love you. See you next time. Bye.
2: Whether you're in a relationship, single, Or recently heartbroken, you could be navigating some tough stuff. And it really can be challenging to do this on your own. We all need help when
1: it comes to our relationships, very specifically our love lives. I'm Jillian, and each week on my podcast, Jillian on Love, I share skills on how to strengthen our relationships, how to build a stronger sense of self, and how
2: to heal heartbreak and choose better partners. Learn how to start making change today and search for Julian on love wherever you're listening
3: now.